Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild time. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to a scorching hot new episode of the Podcastianos. Uh, we took a week off last week. Yep. We are finally back. Eric, I had all these hot takes building up in me over the past two weeks. Um, I imagine it's going to feel pretty good to get them out. Yeah. You know, Miggy gets a day off every once in a while. you got to rest even your superstars. Yes. You know? and, and that is who? Well, it's us. Oh. oh We're oh. super. Hey, my mom thinks I'm great. Yeah, she tells us that every at the end of every episode. Yeah, podcast Yanos. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined as always by the man who's who you've heard, Eric Wayne, um, fresh off a softball game tonight. Eric, how'd you do? Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, so we lost. Our team is not very good. I gotta tell you that. Uh, so they stuck me out in left center field, which is scary because they actually hit balls to left center field in softball. First base is my more natural position, and you don't got to run as far out there to to the from the dugout to That's the true. first base. Underrated yeah. aspect of first base. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay, so I had one ball hit to me, and I had a route and a recovery that would that would make Quentin Barry jealous, <laughs> because I'm running in on this ball and I'm thinking I got to get to it. Then I was like, oh oh poop i gotta run backwards <laughs> and I, I think i pulled every muscle and jumped way up i wow. pictured the like was... poop emoji flashing in front of your eyes yes, as you come to that realization <laughs> double poop emoji it wasn't really a jump it was more of a stretch i would say but just enough a stretch i caught the ball yeah that's and... that's the thing that matters i'm curious you yeah. say your team is terrible were they yeah. built to be good and ended up terrible or is this just no. kind of a, okay that's good no, we're we're a motley crew. Of there people. is in in my opinion, there's nothing worse than the team that thinks that they're good and aren't. And the people on the team are like super bummed and pissed oh, and yeah. like, that they're not like, bro, no, it's, that, it's that is not us. We have very realistic expectations. <laughs> uh, but last week we played so much better. And I know softball takes are right up there with fantasy football team and bad poker beats on <laughs> uh, interesting stories. But, I hit one off the top of the wall last week. So what? You, you too little to get it over the fence? Is that what we're hearing? 
got to do a couple more push-ups, I guess. Yeah. Um, what's what's the MLB comp for your specific game? <laughs> um, uh, I I have no idea who's who's the worst player in baseball. Uh, James James Loney. Yeah, yeah. I I would I'd I'd comp to James Loney. Doug, I suppose. Doug Mankiewicz. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, we had uh, an extra week layoff, um, and we missed each other so much. We decided to get together for the Whitecaps game on Saturday. Yeah, um, we saw each other in person. Yeah, it's it's weird. You're a lot bigger than what my computer screen shows. <laughs> Amazing, um, isn't it? You, me, Whitney, and Emily and Hookslide met us there. It was actually my first chance to meet them, so that was a lot of fun. Um, oh, know. I guess I didn't really realize that. Yeah, was we, I supposed to make introductions or something? Or? I mean, I've seen both of their faces on the internet, so oh. that's pretty much like meeting them. But yeah, it was it was fun. I don't, I don't have good social manners or anything. No, so. I don't have very good social skills at all. So perfect match. Um, great. So anyway, it was fun. The Whitecaps won. Um, our boy Daniel D, the contemporary violinist, absolutely <laughs> destroyed the national anthem in in a good way. Yeah. Um, it was a top 10 anthem for me. It was really good. I actually looked on his website um, after. He has tour dates coming up in Atlanta and Houston. So dude wow. is clearly kind of a big deal. Interesting. Uh, I, was, I was very, very impressed to see that. Um, anyway, what were your takeaways from, from our day out, you know, letting us out into, into public, if you will? Well, if you're going to be a contemporary violinist, you can't have like a wooden violin. It's got to be some composite with a bunch of holes in it. Can't just have a normal stock. Um, what else? I, I, uh, it pays to sit on the third base line. We, we ate a lot of sun. We, we definitely did. <laughs> it was one of those days where it was boiling and yeah. we were looking directly into the sun, but it was nice. Cause we got to see Cam Gibson dance at the end of the day. Yeah. He, Cam Gibson can bust out a pretty decent YMCA. We learned that. Uh, Blaze Salter is increasingly becoming one of my favorite players. He's a lot of fun. Uh, what I don't know. What takeaways did you have? Uh, you told me the story behind the swimming pig, which was good. Oh, yeah. yeah Dropping like knowledge. It. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Whitecaps have a mascot that is a pig with a life preserver or like an inner tube wrapped around him. And uh, they had a sandwich called the swimming pig, which was like spicy pork sandwich. And I think the mascot is named after the sandwich which is which is a very most mascots get their name it's a very minor league thing too <laughs> um i guess my big takeaway was the white caps are good like and the games are fun i'm sure yeah. we're not telling the listeners here anything new but if you're able to go and have the means go minor league baseball is awesome like i love anytime we get yeah. the chance to hit any minor league uh stadium definitely worth doing and it supports your probably not but possibly future tigers it's not a ton of money. Uh, you can take the whole family. It's fun. Yeah. Minor league baseball is great. Uh, so it brings us to this week's leadoff question in honor of Daniel D who I actually on his website, he he's not a contemporary violinist. He is the contemporary violinist. Oh. So well, Lindsay, Lindsay Sterling is going to have some beef with that. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, which person from the tiger's sphere would you suspect to have the most musical talent? I'll, I'll I know the answer first. to this. I know the answer. There's a, there is a correct answer, and it's Victor Martinez, because he knows how to play the accordion. I think we have we not talked about this. Victor Martinez is a uh, is a good accordion player. Oh, that's that's a new one. I was yeah, un, I was unaware. It, it makes sense. 
I'd like I'll just try to find him some maybe it's on YouTube or something. Him busted out some accordion jams. Yeah, that'll be our new bumper music. Um, so <laughs> I figure there's no way that Norris or Shane Green don't play the guitar. Clearly, both of those yeah. guys play the guitar. But I'm assuming the person with the most musical talent is probably Warwick on the didgeridoo. I feel like that's kind of just your rite of passage to being an Australian male. <laughs> that was my vocal take on a didgeridoo. It actually wasn't wasn't terrible. Hopefully it doesn't count as singing because I promised I had I would never sing on the podcast. No, I think you're just going to have to worry about the royalties you have to pay for the song that sounded similar to that. Crap, they're going to take all our Spotify money. Yeah. Gosh, gosh darn it, Eric. You know, Kanye is going to be, uh, you know, using that sample in his track and I'm going to get rich now. Definitely. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can podcastianos.com on the Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comeric Eric. And the show is at Podcastianos on the Instagram. Many, many fire pictures from this past weekend on there. Um, I am at Jordino4. I'll spell that J-O-R-D-I-N-H-O and then the number four. Um, Facebook.com backslash Podcastianos. And we would love it if you would take the time, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. We haven't got any reviews in quite a while. Um, if you haven't left us one and you don't hate us, uh, it would be cool if you did. And maybe we can start uh, reading out. Try and be funny in it, and we can read, read those yeah. out, and that could, be, that could be something. Yeah. Don't be lazy. Work for us. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannis. Um So it's been another frustrating fortnight in Tiger's Land uh, two weeks ago. We went four of six, scored 32 runs in three games against the White Sox. Then, as we do, we dropped two of three to the Garbage Angels uh, and then two of three to the Red Sox. Still, we are two games under 500 uh, and yet three and a half games back of Minnesota, two games back of Cleveland, two games back of the wild card. Um, we have kind of an up and down schedule coming up. Where are we? Like, what is, what is oh. going on? I have no idea what's going on. Okay, so how many games out of first place? Oh, here we are. Uh, so we're three and a half games out of first place. That's not like an insurmountable hole. No, we're two games out of first place. Come, we're we're behind Minnesota in theory. Are you not counting Minnesota? Name me three Minnesota Twins starting pitchers. Uh... My point exactly. We're gonna pass them. <laughs> <laughs> Jose, uh, I don't know. Is uh, I, I think they still have Nolasco, which yeah. there's one. No, uh, Irvin Santana. No, they don't yes. have him anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think, I think they do. I think he's good. Yes. Maybe that was who I was thinking of. Who is good? We'll we'll, we'll cut all this. I'm clearly don't no, expose expose our ignorance. <laughs> Um, so coming up, we have two at home to Arizona who apparently are good. Um, I don't. I must yeah. admit, I don't always pay attention to the West Coast teams because they play after my bedtime. Um, and then four at home to Tampa, who are right at about 500. Four in Seattle, uh, who are two below 500. And then three in San Diego, who I have in my notes are a poop emoji. So oh, yeah. up and down, um, really big two weeks. Uh, after those two weeks, takes us to the 27th of June. Uh, 76 games played, which is fairly close to the halfway mark. Um <laughs> It's starting to become a real uh, time where we need to make a call. 
Uh, the longer we go without making a sustained move, does it feel like we're increasingly likely to become sellers? Yes. I mean, there we had those three losses in a row, and Twitter was running with blood. <laughs> Not only were they selling every piece that wasn't nailed to the wall, but they were uh, – Osmus was gone. Uh, and, and Avila, Al Avila was gone. I mean, they they were full on uh, sell. They wanted scalps. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that crowd does have some good points, but I think it needs to be a little less knee jerk. Like you can, and some people are thoughtful and say it after wins and say, "Hey, we're in, we may not be going anywhere." I I think it's it's premature, but you have to have a plan. Right. If you're Al Avila, you're planning and talking in case. But, yeah, you you don't pull the trigger now. You hope they get better. Yeah. Like we've been ranting, raving, not you and I, but Twitter has about Avila. But like how can you expect him to make a call right now when we've been so bad? Bad. Bad might be the wrong. So uninspiring. How about that? Yet we're still so close. Like, you know, that the report came out that, you know, that we have to be to 500 by the end of June uh, or else we're going to, you know, start selling. But right. like, how can you, how can you take that as the definitive date where if we're right. not there, when everything is still up to, I mean, you look at the division, right. the, the twins are clearly doing well. And, and the Cle- and the Indians are our competition, Kansas city and the white Sox are in the middle of this rebuild. Like, it's it's there for the taking. We you, I don't think right. you have to be a great team to win this division. Well, and things are more fluid than people want them to. Like, oh, here's a deadline, and we're the next day we're gonna sell off all the pieces. Things take time. They, there has to be the right deal, all that kind of stuff, and it'll become more clear as we go on. And to me, it's not clear right now. Like for some people, it's oh, this 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 is inevitable. This is predestined. This is this is Kelvin. You know, Kelvin has said, <laughs> uh, you are predestined to sell, you know, and, you know, there's the reprobate, you know, we're not getting into, okay, that's enough theology. Uh, <laughs> no, this is not predestined. We got to see how it goes. Yeah, it's not like the division last year when you had the Indians with all, you know, four, sometimes five of their starters being borderline unhittable. Like, this is right. not, this is not the same situation. Um you know, the more we get closer to that July 1 uh, date, the more it makes me wonder, uh, is a possibility of a rebuild and a total overhaul, um, you know, does the does the burn it to the ground crew have a point? Like we like yeah. I just said, we we're not uh, we don't have to be as good this year as we would have been to win the division last year. But we're clearly not as good this year as we were last year, too. Like we're right. it seems like we're in the same increment behind our competition this year as we were yeah. last year. Right. And they're big. The burn it to the ground camp. Their best point is look at the Detroit Pistons, for instance. You know, they're middling team. They're not getting a lottery pick well there's maybe some parallels here and that were we've hung on and hung on for so long the one time where we did sell it really has fueled what quality we do have now with norris and fulmer and and boyd and so forth um jacoby uh, but um yeah so if you are going to 
burn it to the ground. You almost got to do it all the way. And that means you're going to suck for a while, but you're going to, you know, is J is JV tradable? Then you trade them. You know, I, the, you get away from these half measures. I think that's what is frustrating to a lot of people is it feels like a half measure. Yeah, and I completely get that. The, the one thing is you have your club icons. You have Verlander and Miggy. Uh, yeah. You know, Verlander, I think you I think you could find a trade partner for Miggy with the numbers he's putting up. You this can't. Year, you can't. Um, right. But, I mean, if you move one of those two... Like that is a strong look. You're you're pretty well pigeonholing yourself to to going all the way. Um, right. So let's let's take the crew in isolation. Um, if if we are to go the either the total you know overhaul route or we kind of um, go the middle the middle road the middle way <laughs> the sell off what we can without burning to the ground. What do you do with right. Os- what do you do with Osmus? You know some. <laughs> After a loss, everyone's going to say, oh, Osmus needs to be fired before the sun rises tomorrow. I think Osmus has gotten a little better this year. Yes. I, I think his managing skill has improved from from last year. And I think having a relatively dependable back end of the bullpen has made him look a lot smarter than he – I mean he was – he had no cards to work with at all, pretty much at all times last year. He's got, you know, Shane and and the two Wilson boys who've, you know, maybe he maybe he took a little too long to to move K Rod out of the role, but and he has a little. But bit, he did it. He did, yeah, exactly. He did it, and he has a little bit more to work with on the bench this year. You know, you got guys like Hicks, and you know, so well, we had a, had guys like Hicks until McCann came back. Um, yeah, I, I actually agree. I think, you know, I feel like I see this argument as the counterpoint to the get rid of him now. I do think a smart team would snap Osmus up if we let him go. I think that there is yeah. he's I don't think he's any worse than than league average. How about that? I, I would agree. He's he's not an innovator. We've talked about that, but he's not making horrible tactical errors um, anymore anymore i think i think you could have made that case over the last in, couple of years in his, yeah right but um, he was learning i mean it's he was a learning new job yep. for him yeah um i think he has displayed far more urgency this year which i think fans appreciate getting rid of k-rod uh moving nick down you know doing some of the things that you know managers don't like to do because it their their players may feel like it's knee jerk or they're getting jerked around but fans like that kind of stuff like make a change where it's where it's needed and do it now yeah and and a visible change too not just Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like we're we tend to think that the tigers are just this self-running you know self-managing team that he doesn't really do much and that it's all just like all right let's all show up and we're all professionals let's play um and i I do think there is something to that managerial style but doing you know something purposeful to recalibrate things i mean that is something that we like you say we eat up yeah and i'm convinced um strategy and uh, maneuvering is maybe not even 50% of what a major league manager does. It's, it's massaging egos. It's dealing with the press. It's setting a tone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you want to get into, uh, who are our most tradable pieces or you want to put that one off for a different week? 
you know, let's let's leave that be. I, I think I think it will be time for that. Yes, I, I hope there won't be, but I I, I, f- I fear there might be. Um, all right, let's let's move on to Miggy. Oh, one more thing. I, I just want to get this out, and I'll probably reiter- reiterate this later when we actually do in- get into you know who we're selling to who. Trading is really really hard. I know some there are some some general managers that make it look easy, um, right. but you don't know who guys are seeking, who teams are seeking after. Like, yeah, you know, it is a very difficult game. Um, it's not like, you know, on MLB, the show where you can just, you know, they have little bars that show you how much interest another team has in your guys. It's difficult. Right. So keep that in mind as you bash Avila, which you inevitably will um, as we get closer to the deadline. Yeah. And that's another thing like, oh, a few people I saw comments. Oh, do you really trust Avila? I think my buddy Tokars and some of these other guys are getting into it. Um, and to me, it's how do you know? How do you evaluate a general manager on one or two trades? Um, these are the same guys who get pretty pissy about small sample sizes, right? Yeah. Uh, Avila doesn't have a huge track record running the sh- helm of a major league franchise. Um, and I think the push would maybe be for somebody who's far more analytical in his in his approach. But looks like Ale is moving a little bit that way not a ton but is trying but i also don't see how there's like um okay so you're big into analytics what are you going to do pluck a fresh guy out of harvard who does you know hasn't had any experience at all that's not going to work and if you get anybody with a proven track record you can get sandy alderson or somebody like that well they're not innovators necessarily i mean there's only uh, you can count on one hand the kind of guys who the Tigers fans would really want Theo Epstein and uh, Ludnow or whatever. Yeah, Friedman. I mean, Friedman. I mean, there's three. Can you come up with more? Uh, there's not that many who are both innovative and proven. Yeah, it's almost like uh, the teams that have them pay them a lot of money so that other teams don't take them away. Yeah, big money. So let's move on to Miguel Cabrera. He's a player we all know, we all like. Um, on our show, I feel like we both tend to give Miggy a pass because he's Miggy and like it's foolish to ever bet against him. Um, but there's no real sugarcoating at this year. He hasn't been very good. Um, and it's by his own lofty standards. Um, it hasn't been a great year. From, from your uh, untrained baseball eye, does it look like the bat speed is down a little bit? Yeah, uh, maybe a little. I don't know. It shouldn't be because he's lost a little bit of weight. He's fully healthy and I think pretty fit. Maybe he's got some nagging things. But I there's when you say bat speed, do you mean physical ability or do you mean just uh, sluggish reacting to pitches? Because I think they're two different things. That's true. I was I was specifically thinking of there was a game. Um, I don't remember which. It was either Friday or Saturday when he faced Joe Kelly and then Craig Kimbrell in the same game. Yep. Obviously, those guys both pump, but he right. wasn't anywhere near all of the the upper right. you know upper nineties to one hundred mile an hour fastballs that he used to. You know, nobody's hitting that well, but he used to do that. You know, hit that as well as anyone in the game. Right. And it was it it seemed glaringly obvious, and I. I I feel like I've gotten that impression watching him. Um, you know, there's been some, you know, 94, 95 mile an hour fastballs down the heart of the plate that he's just been tardy on. 
and right. may, maybe he's maybe he's guessing more in you know guessing incorrectly. Uh, yeah. But it was really obvious to me when he was facing those two flamethrowers that man, you got to get that going a little bit quicker there, Mick. Yeah, I don't think that's a physical deficiency. I really don't. I mean, that will come. I mean, there, but that you. Uh, a player doesn't just drop off a cliff like that. All of a sudden, I can't catch up. I mean, remember Justin Upton at the beginning of last year? That's true. He looked – he was so slow. He was behind on everything. He looked – I mean, how can this guy hit major league pitching? And then the middle of the end of the year, he looked like he was on top of everything. So I don't think it's physical ability. I think it's approach or just timing. I actually went into some of the numbers because, I mean, he's he's kind of a curious case at this point. Um, so I have – let's see. I have suggestion that maybe he's done, suggestion that he's not done, and something that I think is significant, but I'm not sure what it means. So here we go. Um, so you know how we always say, you know, Miggy will come around. Miggy will be fine in the end. So I pulled up his stats after May over the course of his career. After May this year, he's hitting 260. 22 ribs and five homers. Those are all three, his lowest total ever. Um, strikeouts are still kind of in line of what his, what his career, you know, average are through the first, what is that? Two, three months of the season. Um, okay. so I'm naturally, I'm always be, I always think, shut up, Miggy, Miggy will be fine. Just, just give him a few months to get going. Um, and we're, we're fairly well into the season and he is not going yet, but his line drive percentage is let's see uh 11 percent higher than it was last year hmm. um let's see his his home run to fly ball rate is down it's 12.2 compared to 18 to 25 percent in his prime but here i think this is where where things get interesting his uh the percent of percentage of balls hit to center field you know not to left yeah. not to right to center is up almost 10 percent this year as to where it was this time last year which that's okay. that's the one that I don't know what it means, and I know that well, I know yeah, Lynn that's the wrong all, part of the park. Lynn, that's Lynn the wrong part of the park to hit it. Yeah. Um, and, and so you are you proposing that um, last year he was more successful in either pulling the ball or driving it the other way out of the park? Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, I I think that is a a reasonable assertion from from okay. the data. Um, and I don't. I feel like we get into this. Uh, you know, we we blame Comerica. We, I mean, you, me, you, me, and Lynn, of course. We, you know, blame Comerica for sucking the power out. But if he's hitting, you know, way more balls to center field, it makes sense that he's not going to hit as many out. Yeah, there's no money in center field at Comerica. No. You got it. But left and right are fine. They're they yield as many or more home runs than the, a league average park. So, yeah, I, I that could attribute be a true that could attribute to some of it, but I just think it's um, it's a timing thing, it's a mental thing. He, he he's just not very locked in, and I don't think it's physical. It, it and I think he'll get back to being Miggy. I I think it will be interesting to see what I feel like. This is the first year that my what I think of getting back to Miggy is isn't an MVP level player. I think it's a very, well, very true. good player. Yeah, but yeah, I, that's true. I mean, even even last year when he got off to a little bit of a slow start, I I thought to myself, you know, he could he could still win the AL MVP. 
Now, I I genuinely I don't, don't see that. how that could happen, and probably not happen going forward, which which is sad. But I mean, it's it's fine. He's still a very very good player. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's move on to something much happier. Um, apparently, Buck Farmer is the new ace. D- did wow. not see this one coming. Wow. Uh, yeah, two gems. I, I don't know if you have numbers on him, but uh, he's thrown like 16 scoreless innings or something like that. Uh, 13 scoreless, uh, no. six hits. <laughs> I, was three, a little, I was a little excited. Six hits, three walks, 16 strikeouts in 13 innings. Buck Farmer, Buck 40 batting average yielded. Um, and this is a guy we were notably not excited about. Yes. We talked on this podcast like, oh, I guess you could go down and get Buck Farmer. It's like, eh, that's a body to fill a spot. But he's like dominating, and he's done it in different ways. The first outing, the it was all heat, and the second outing, it was all command. Like he didn't miss a spot the entire game against the Angels. It was really impressive. Um, you know, I the, did not see that coming. The obvious question is, do, do you think he keeps this up? Well, no, because you know regression in the mean and stuff. But if he can keep on this track even a little that's a that's a big improvement over what boyd was giving us yeah yes it is yeah um yeah it's one of those one of those things that like you said we we assumed he was a body filler and after the first start i thought you know he probably earned himself another one but i'd still rather see verhagen i'd i honestly would still even rather see boyd come back in but you know, two. I'm I'm willing to to give him a run out. He he pitches again tomorrow against Granky, so that'll be that'll yeah. be an interesting one. Now, uh, even if he throws a little bit of a stinker, I mean, they probably say, "Well, we're gonna run him out there again." Oh yeah, I, mean, I feel like he's earned probably two or three more at this point. Yeah. Which yeah. you know, to be fair, he's he's now done it. Like that's that is something that he can uh, he can. Yeah, he's got two of, wins. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I, I feel like Buck is what he is. He's not somebody that excites me. And and regardless, uh, I if we can't, you know, if we don't want to keep him in the rotation, he has to stay with us. We could use outs like that coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and truly, if you did, didn't want to keep Boyd stretched out, I wouldn't mind seeing Boyd out there in the bullpen. That that seventh spot, which we've talked about before, is a revolving door. Um, is a re- there has been some stinkers coming out of that seventh spot. Yeah. Leon has not been good, yes. which is a shame. Uh, because I was really excited about him coming up because he was great in spring. He was great down there at Toledo. You know, he, he seemed like one of those Blaine Hardy guys where if you just, you know, let him do his thing and not right. get, have all these preconceived notions, you know, that we picked him off the scrap heap that right. he would produce. But he has been um, not hashtag very good. Right. <sighs> Our bullpen. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's. Let's make note of it. Uh, we're running a little long. Nick has been Nick Ca- Nicholas, excuse me, Castellanos has been yeah, really right. good. Um, he seems kind of back in a uh, he's not quite so alarming anymore kind of way. Right. He's he, yeah. He's back to being what Nick can be. I mean, Nick is not some other player. He's freaking Nicholas Castellanos, right? He's not going to give you much defense, but he's going to slug the ball and he's going to be a good hitter. Yeah, I think he can do that. I don't think he's ever going to say, you know, challenge for MVP awards, as somebody may have foolishly predicted. Um, but he can be a really good hitter, a really good two or six, seven. He can be a good seven. power hitter. He can be a slugger. 
Yes. I really think that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, we're running long. Did you see the bomb that he hit to the, to, uh, a center last night in Fenway? That thing was a bomb. It was. Yeah. He got, he definitely got all of that ball, which he's got muscles. (laughs) He also, he also has a child. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. We're running short. Come on. Okay. Let's move on. Um, (laughs) We one more one more thing before we skip on to the nonsense. Uh, Mike Schmidt, your your boy, um, <laughs> made a comment. Hey, hey, easy. Do you want do you want to run down the comments and then we can get into it? Yeah, there was a couple things this week, and I'm not going to bore you with all the particulars. But um, so Mike Schmidt had a comment where there was a player, I think, on the Phillies, who is pretty good. But they he said, "Oh, you can't build around a guy like this because he was a Latin American." He was a Latin player, not American, not not even a Latin American. He was Latin. And that just struck me as goofy. And somebody else had the comment like, oh, you couldn't build a team around Miguel Cabrera or, you know, Albert Pujol or, you know, all these really good Latin players. And it just it just smacked of kind of ignorance. And then there was another commentator who said um, translators should not be allowed to go out to the mound because it should be a requirement that all players, and I quote, speak baseball, meaning English. And actually, just... I don't know that that is what, the implication there. I think that would be kind of your com, maybe not common phrases, but common gestures, things that maybe even go yeah. beyond or... language, more body language that are, uh, you know, I, I'm not defending this guy at all, but I do think I do think there is something to a language of baseball that goes beyond English, Spanish, Japanese, I don't know, whatever. Sure, a little bit, a little, but a, a little bit. Yeah, he's getting he's taking it way way too far. Baseball because... is a global game. Like people from all over, you watch the World Baseball Classic. People from all over can enjoy and play baseball, and and really good players can come from anywhere in the world and lead a championship caliber team. We just got to get over a little bit. Oh, only American boys can be good at baseball. Yeah, and that's it's a, that's a good thing. If, if yes, only Americans are playing a sport like say I don't know football, like it limits the intrigue to it in my opinion like there's more there's more diversity to to baseball and that opens up more avenues for things to get excited about things that make baseball cool and um spanish speakers make baseball better yes i mean to make it more fun like you hear about the cambio you know that's the change up like spanish things get interwoven into english into the language of baseball um so speak baseball might be half Spanish or some degree Spanish because so many land players are contributing to what the game is. And that's great. Yes. Uh, one more thing. Rob Parker made his list of top five sluggers of all time. Aaron judge was on it. Not listed. <laughs> Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, <laughs> Willie Mays. Um, <laughs> it, it's awesome that the one Detroit guy that made it to the big time is a complete wackadoo like Rob Parker. So he is con- He's convinced that Aaron Judge is a better slugger than Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, or Willie Mays. That seems to be the implication by the words coming out of his mouth. I get you're trying to get attention and be famous, but being famous for being stupid, why don't you just be a Kardashian? I mean, stop it. You're not helping anyone in the world. Selling a little? Or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Speaking of stop it, let's go to your power rankings. What's that supposed to be? <laughs> All right. Power rankings. A couple things here to introduce power rankings. You and I went to a minor league baseball game. We enjoyed that. We got to see all the scenery. And minor league baseball games are more are about more than baseball. They're about the crowd. They're about the food, certainly. And they're also about the in-between innings promotions. Yeah, the little cheesy games and little things that they do be- between innings. Also very famous this week. And I retweeted it. Um, Atlanta has this uh, this gimmick where they send a fan out and it's beat the freeze. So they have this guy who's dressed basically like Frozone from the Incredibles, as far as I can tell. And he's like a legitimate runner. He, he's a pretty good sprinter. Oh, yeah. The, the form was impeccable. Like, he, yes. he went. And so they send a fan out and he's got to have what? A hundred, two hundred foot head start? Quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And then... The freeze, the freeze just takes off and he's, he's running hard. I mean, there is not, he's not messing around. And this fan in the video gets 30, 40 feet from the finish line. He starts showboating and he's going to win because he doesn't see him. And the freeze just comes from nowhere. He's going to pass him. And the guy totally biffs it and it gets a whole face full of sand. And it was just a wonderful video. My, of beat the freeze. My favorite part was when he turned around and saw the freeze, and I imagine his like like with you in the outfield, the the poop emojis must have just flashed in <laughs> oh, front of his no. eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh! If you haven't seen the video, watch the video. It's it's remarkable. Um, I actually did some research. I followed up on this. Evidently, he was a he was a a decent NCAA sprinter at I think. Ohio Wesleyan or something like that, a fairly small school, but he was a, a pretty good sprinter and he's on the, um, the Braves ground crew or whatever. That's what he does. So they dress him up and boom, he's the freeze. You know, he's taking that seriously too. And he should, anyway, this is all by means of introduction to my power rankings, which is between in, inning promos. Here we go. Here we go. Starting at number seven, the list as many things as you can game. Now, do you know what I'm talking about? So they pick out a fan and they say, like, Disney movies. And then the fan has to say, oh, Aladdin, Frozen, 
and then they list as many things and they keep track. And then they have one of the the ball players try to name as many as they can. I like this promo. Yes. It humanizes them. It humanizes the player and um it shows you how tricky it is under pressure to name a bunch of fairly obvious things. Yeah, I feel like Nick was on the board when we were there. Yeah. And he did like uh I forget it was I think it was Disney movies or something like that, and he did like uh all three of them in like a, a trilogy. Like <laughs> then he goes, Toast Toy Story one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was come, pretty on, clever. come on, Nick. I I, I would do that. <laughs> Smart. All right. That was number seven. Number six is throwing t-shirts to the crowd. Everybody likes a t-shirt. Yeah. Right. And people, it never fails. Like you could throw out an absolutely worthless piece of crap. And if you hold it up and wave, people are like a dog. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll cheer for it. They don't know what they're getting. It's, it's Pavlovian. Yeah. It doesn't, really. it doesn't matter what, what you end up getting. You're still happy that you caught something. Yeah. You want the guy to throw it to you yep. for sure. And you maul the person next to you to get, some trinket from China, specifically if they're old or uh, or young, a young child. Yeah, just stomp on them. Absolutely. Now there is a hierarchy for means of propelling the T-shirt. I would say uh, throw is at the bottom. Slightly better would be the cannon, the T-shirt cannon. And to me, the most the the best delivery system is the giant slingshot. Mm, yeah. It <laughs> seems it seems fair. Yeah, the cannon is a little bit played at this point. Well, it's it's impressive, but it just shoots it out the end. I mean, it's it's going exactly where you're pointing it. Shoots it out the end. Yeah, I I much prefer the slingshot. Okay, number six. uh, No, number five. Fans in costumes doing ridiculous things. So this could be um, wearing an appliance costume and racing. It could be dressing as loaves of bread and needing to make a sandwich it could be uh the sumo costumes i would even throw the the bubbles you know they put the bubbles in there and then they have like a bubble brawl bouncing Mm -hmm. whole kinds of things falls under the category of friend uh fans and stupid costumes which i like yeah who doesn't yeah all right number four monkeys riding dogs if you haven't seen monkeys riding on dogs, how is this not higher? <laughs> monkey, I know, right? <laughs> monkeys riding dogs, and they're like, there's a classic video of Nick Castellanos when he was in West Michigan, and he's trying to like warm up or field some grounders, and they're having trouble because uh, there was sheep, and the sheep were out there, and the monkeys riding dogs like weren't properly rounding them up or whatever. I don't know. I'll post it. It's awesome. <laughs> That's number four. Number three is uh, the dance-off. You know what I'm talking about. You got two fans on camera, and they play some music, and it's a dance-off. It's pretty straightforward. The best part of the dance-off is it's not me on camera (laughs) because you feel pain for these people. And they're trying to dance, and you you really cheer. you, You cheer a little bit for the guy who's doing the best, but really you're ridiculing the person who's who's doing poorly. Yeah, I would just yes. I would just dab for the entire time. You would. You probably <laughs> would. <laughs> Number two is the live mascot race. Yes. Not the video board mascot race. We're talking about presidents or sausages. 
Um, the Tigers one with the um, cars, the Chevys, is a little weak. Yes. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. But I want to see Paws getting in there. Right. Mixing it up. Yeah. But the live mascot race is pretty good. I think Cleveland has uh, condiments. There's all varieties of these. They're pretty good. Uh, number one, you want to guess? I have, haven't have a clue. It's the Dizzy Bat Race. The Don't give me that yeah. look. The Dizzy Bat Race is awesome. The Dizzy Bat Race is played. No, it is awesome. <laughs> you get to see people get dizzy and then they fall down. It is tremendous. Now, uh, this is a little unauthorized, but I tweeted out today about in-game promotions. And somebody who works for the Detroit Tigers um, sent me this story via via Twitter. And I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, they were working in a minor league stadium and their promo director went home sick after the first pitch. And so the rest of the crew instead of following the the preordained script the plan that they had they just ran the dizzy dizzy <laughs> bat race every inning and just changed the sponsors <laughs> which i think is an awesome story so i didn't really have permission to share that but i'm sure uh they they say it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission I'll, I'll protect the innocent, but <laughs> I thought that was a terrific story. Just run them out there again with the Dizzy Bat Race. It's a classic, Hall. Huh? I can't believe your dog in the Dizzy Bat Race. <laughs> All right, get to, the, get to the crappy ones. All right, number three is the sing-along. I don't like the sing-along very much, unless it's you know a big tradition in your stadium. A couple years ago, and I think they do, the, still do, the Tigers try to force it a little bit. Like, don't. Don't force it. They're trying to some Motown sugar pie honey bunch or something. Nobody's really feeling the sing along. And the one in Boston, I mean, along with all Boston traditions, is is dumb. It's um, what's okay. what's the? It's it's a very famous song. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Yes. Yeah. It's dumb. Just yeah. like just like everything out there. Okay, fine. Um, number two is which thing is the thing under? You know, it's got like the baseball under the batting helmet usually, or like a pee under a nut, or you probably just whatever. hate it because you're bad at it. I am bad at it. I don't have enough attention span, and it, I never get it right. But the trick then is, if you're the contestant, don't even watch. Just wait until the end of the video, and then listen for whatever one the crowd yells. They're all going three. To be fair, you could watch and still listen. You don't have to pick one or the other. Oh, I guess I never thought of that. That'd be smart. <laughs> Number one worst. You got to guess. Yeah. It is the kiss cam. I'm not digging the kiss cam. <laughs> I always feel awkward. They're putting these poor people on camera and you got to you got to kiss your there's a lot of pressure. You know, do you do a serious kiss? Do you do a funny kiss? Do you do a passionate kiss? Do you do the little peck? You're going to get booed either way. I don't like the kiss cam. That's Power Rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. So I haven't seen a ton on the side of the road, I must admit, since the marathon. I feel like the marathon was the high point. <laughs> it's all been downhill since then. But I have a bit of a story from the road. Is that is that okay to, to sure. throw in this se segment? Um, so this past Sunday, I was out running. Uh, 
I run through a couple neighborhoods before I get out to like the main road to, to go run on. And I come up to the big circle that I run around to go out. And I see this guy who's walking house to house. I'm like, dude, selling something. Turns out he's collecting signatures for a petition. He tries oh. to stop me and ask me, can you take time to sign my petition? I'm like, dude, running shoes, running shirt, headband, earbuds. I'm not you signing your petition. Then? Yeah, I always run with earbuds. I'm not signing your petition. I'm running. That's what I'm doing here. No, I will not sign your petition. So if you that obviously w- hate causes. Yes. And America. It, it's Traverse City. It was probably for something stupid. Something something yeah. extremely first world. Which yeah, not like, that there's protect, anything wrong. Protect the mansions. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. Don't don't let the wealthy people on the bay see any pores from their porch <laughs> petition. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I thought we were going to kill the shaming the stupid vanity place that we've seen segment. Um, but then Jeremy Troya, probably the better of the Troyas, uh, tweeted in to die for on a Camaro. He took that picture. Well, yeah. stop. Your, your Camaro is not that awesome. And then this morning on the way to work. I see on it's like a blue, just kind of like regular old car. The the license plate is I'll spell this for you. W E E N capital R capital D G. That spells Wiener Dog. <laughs> Wiener Dog. Now granted okay. you might really like Wiener Dogs, but there's no scenario of any of this where you don't have the phrase wiener on your license plate. <laughs> Hey, go celebrate the wiener. Celebrate wiener dogs. <laughs> I suppose that you do have to celebrate the wiener. It's not just a license plate or it's not just a dog. It's a complete lifestyle. <laughs> you're living the wiener dog life. You have you have dachshund identity is really what you're about. All right, let's move on to the Twitter questions. There are a lot, so if you tweeted in and we don't get to you, no, uh, let's do them all. Like, we got to do them all, Hall. All right, we'll do them all. All right, first yeah. one comes in from Michael Newman. <laughs> These national televised games are killing me. What about you two? No, they aren't killing me so much. Although I was pretty pissed when they did like this segment on Aaron Judge for like five minutes the other night. I'm like, no, there's a game going on right now. Talk and about that. He one. is conspicuously absent from this game. Um, I think we both know what I what what's missing from the national broadcast. Um, Miguel Cabrera's bat asked us to talk about Jeff Larish. Yeah, I think Jeff Larish would still be around if he had a smaller batting helmet. How did he see from underneath that thing? He, it always looked like it was too big and it was clouding his vision. And and get a little serious about hitting Jeff, like wiggle the bat around or something. The Tettleton thing was a once in a lifetime. Get serious about hitting. This is probably way Larish. more Jeff Larish takes than people were expecting when they downloaded today. I got fire on Jeff Larish. All right. Our buddy Jacob Skronik asked us a far more interesting question. Talk about Michael Bradley's goal. Did you see it last night? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was dirty. It was dirty. Uh, how about the, the team getting a result in Azteca? I was very impressed. I was a little surprised, not to get too soccer but I was a little surprised that we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going completely defensive. No interest in winning this game yeah. whatsoever. They but, parked the bus for but, sure. But we got a point. So uh, I suppose that's that's good. Um, One of my favorite reminders about playing in Estadio Azteca is when they call it at Castec High School, they call it Estadio Casteca, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Yes. Um, and, and 
we actually got a point without Christian Pulis- Pulisic. I know they all say Pulisic. He's Croatian. You know, you got Modric, you got Rakitic. No, no, the he's, C- from, he's American. Did you not notice what jersey he's wearing? He has Croatian. It's it's Pulisic. That's how <laughs> that's how his grandpa pronounced it. It's how he should pronounce it. All right. Um, anyway, people are saying he's the next, you know, well, first maybe great American player. How about we cool the Jets a little bit? Like he's really, really good. Um, but the last time we tried to do that, uh, we made Freddie Adu into Freddie Adu. So let's let's try and oh, not do that one again. More like Freddie Apu. <laughs> I thought you were going Freddie Don't, but that Freddie Apu is better. Um, at Tigers underscore opinion, possibly opinions. Um, first few moves, if either of you were GM. Um, change to a, a breathable fabric for your uniform. That was just for you, Hall. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, cotton, so much it, better. First move as a GM. Unfortunately, it's probably going to have to be trading JD Martinez. Which sucks. Okay, so putting aside that we all love him, being tasked with trying to find the best deal could be kind of fun. Could sure. be kind of interesting. I I wouldn't hate that. There was a report on MLB trade rumors that he's not probably going to land you a number one prospect in another club's organization, but you might be able to get like a 1A type prospect. He'd probably be number one in ours. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, Billy Robinson also wants us to talk trash about the awful ESPN broadcast. I've already hit that one, Billy. Um, Kale Davidoff asks us, did the Seagulls at Comerica Park contribute to JV's no-hitters ten, t- no-hitter 10 years ago today? If anyone could be an expert on on-field animals, I figured it would be you. <laughs> I feel like uh, Comerica has cut down a lot on the Seagulls. I don't know what they're doing. If they're just, you know, 12 gauging them after hours or something, but what, there's not very many. Hear me out. What if they put lots and lots of fries like outside the stadium? So they're the birds are coming outside the stadium as opposed to in the stadium. Maybe <laughs> it's I'll tell you what. One of the most disconcerting feelings is if you're up in the nosebleeds at Comerica and the the birds are flying below you. <laughs> That's a little weird. You know you're poor if the birds are flying below you at the stadium. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Mall wants us to talk about Nicholas Castellanos. Uh, already, he's better. Already, he's playing better. All right, we got back-to-back Troya questions. First comes from Jeremy. I guess this could be how we determine which is, in fact, the best. Uh, so the first question is, do we trust Alavila to draft some actual positional talent, or are we just going to draft 50 hard-throwing college pitchers? Uh, probably the latter. Yes, we will definitely do. We've already done that. Are we talking about the draft pick we we have made? Yeah, sure. Lead, lead, lead us in this, oh, fearless one. I have some fear. We have drafted Alex Faedo. Am I saying that right? Sure. He, he is a right-handed pitcher uh, out of Florida. And after my extensive research, he was uh, the tallest player to be selected up until that point of the draft. So oh. everybody else selected previous was, sh- oh, I take that back. Here's one guy taller. Gosh <laughs> darn it. I thought I had something interesting, but no, I'm a loser. Um, so he's a junior out of Florida, 6'5", 225. He was born, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy. Um, Alex is Yeah, I don't know anything about him, but I'm going to assume he probably throws hard, has a major league looking body, 
um, and they think that they can mold him. Just, just gonna go with feeling that. strong about that. Um, yeah. Has Emily said anything about him? Uh, I've I've been talking to the you. Not talk, reading my Twitter. All right, fair enough. Um, so if you want to know about him, probably check yeah, out her timeline. Yeah. Um, Anthony Troy asks us, would you rather face a team of four-foot Don Kellys? Or this is a better question re- already. Regular-sized Don Kellys. All right, read the question again since I interrupted. A team of a, a full team of four-foot Don Kellys or four regular-sized Don Kellys? See, I want the the more shorter Don Kellys. Because hustle is an inverse proportion to height. And so the smaller the Don Kelly gets, the more grittier it's going to become. So you used to be way more gritty with the little Don Kellys. Took the words straight out of my mouth. Um, next question from Adam Langworthy gets right to my heart. Who's more on fire right now, Michael Fulmer on the mound or Johnny Kane interviewing people? And I'm going to adjust this one because, quite frankly, Michael Fulmer hasn't been lighting the world on fire. Um, more like Buck. So Buck or Johnny Kane, who's who's hotter in the streets right now? You're gonna you're the authority on all things, JK. JK, so LOL. It it's it's Johnny yeah. Kane. Johnny Kane is on fire. He's had so oh. many memorable outings in the last what week? I mean, the unicorn, uh, the bit, the big unicorn hat, guy. The big hat was uh, was the previous trip, yep. but uh, eating the popcorn up on the monster. Johnny Kane's had himself a, had, had himself a had a week. Maybe he needs an apprentice, Jordan. You could take that job. What would that job look like? You know, carrying his pocket square. You know. <laughs> Getting him coffee. Charging his microphone or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Um, two more. Michael Litzner asked us, if the Tigers didn't exist, what team could you see yourself rooting for? That's a good question. Um, I would say the Milwaukee Brewers. Really? Did yeah. not see that coming. Why? Um. Because they're relatively close. Um, I've been to Milwaukee. I, I've yet to go to a game there. But they're kind of a small market, kind of scrappy team. I'm not cheering for the, the the Cardinals or the Red Sox or the Yankees. So, and I don't know. I, honestly, it probably would, would be the White Sox. Ugh, because, why? but you're listen, the if the Titans. If the Tigers didn't exist, I had a I have a buddy who is a big White Sox fan, and um, where I actually grew up, it was it's a shorter drive to Chicago than it was to Detroit. So th- there was a small pocket of kids I grew up with who are who are kind of White Sox fans. So that would have been the answer. Tickets there are dirt cheap too. Yeah, you can go cheap. Yep. Um, not to sound like too much of a pretentious douche, but I I don't think I would pick a team. I think I would try and more just enjoy baseball as a spectacle. I feel like sometimes I get that way with soccer. Like I'm diehard for United, but there are times that I wish that I could watch, you know, Chelsea play Man City and just be able to watch it for, you know, two amazing teams playing each other as opposed to needing this team to lose so that we can get into the top four. Um, You're a Man United fan. You'd be a Yankees fan. I would I would definitely not be. I actually picked United before I knew anything about them. It just kind of turned out that they were the Yankees. I, I <laughs> okay. like I, I like right. Wayne Rooney. He was the he was the guy. And it turns oh. out that he is both a turd and terrible now. So <laughs> Okay. So I got what was coming to me there. Um and the last one, this one isn't to us. It's just really funny. Um, so our buddy Mark Perna, he tweets in semi-regularly. Uh, he tweeted, so, so since there's been little to no news on the status of Tiger relief pitch uh, stud prospect Joe Jimenez, can I assume he died? Joe, 
quote tweets us and says, well, I just got the news that I died. <laughs> Joe Jimenez actually tweeted that? <laughs> yes. I thought that was really uh, funny. Evidently, he's still alive and kicking or somebody's using his account. <laughs> um, and then all of the various uh, responses are R.I.P. Joe. And then Matt Pelk uh, says, R.I.P. or no? Like question mark to, to Joe. So are you in fact? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume he's probably still alive. I think very few people read their own press more than Joe Jimenez. <laughs> Joe loves to know what people say about Joe. And to be fair, it's usually pretty positive when it comes to people talking about Joe. Yep. All right. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can. Uh, podcastianos.com. On Twitter, I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, And the show is at Podcastianos. On Instagram, I am at Jordino4. Um, and once again, we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however else you're listening to the show right now. Um, Eric, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the night? Um. In-game promotional honorable mentions include the player name spelling bee, the Lion King cam, and <laughs> toss the thing into some kind of other thing. Yeah, they're not they're not bad. I I wouldn't take any of those over your over your top seven, but they're honorable. Yeah, honorable, they're honorable. Um, with that being said, we will catch you guys next week and eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 